0: such a good name
1: i know i think probably the single best name ever created for a comic book maybe rivaling julian gregory day for calendar man well nothing can beat that i know that's like the holy grail
0: why would you why would you name our son that is oh he's gonna grow up and be a super villain i can feel it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to talking during the movie, the podcast that exists. It's here. We're, we're alive. And we do talk about new movies and movie news. I am James. And I'm Mike. Did is you that, forget? Is that it? Was that it? I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, what What? was our, our alias? I forgot. My, I forgot my line. <laughs> I'm Mike. And this is episode 80. 80. 80. It's really impressive. And this is episode 80. Mike and James, Resurgence. Now, guess why we called it that? Because we're back. And it's a promise of something good. And it probably won't be. <sighs> huh? Because uh, they're back after 20 years.
0: Uh, no, not
1: twenty years, but um, and, and, and Will Smith isn't here this time. But a good, a good four months almost, right? July to November, uh,
0: 10, right? Jesus, yeah. I just looked at our our Squarespace uh, page, our, our our website, and uh, it says the, the the description for the last episode mentions Baby Driver. Ooh, and I i my mouth fell open i can't believe that the last film we talked about was baby driver
1: yeah it's it's funny too that uh, how any hope any prestige hope that movie had has has been completely quashed in the last like week so oh fuck that never crossed my mind never crossed your mind it's it's over man game over (laughs) Okay, I'm, I'm not going to tell everyone uh, what just happened, but suffice it to say, about two minutes in to our, our resurgence episode, uh, I had Mike, to make a, a, an edit.
0: Mike uh, officially <laughs> ended the podcast again.
1: Like, man, uh, Although, although if that, if that were to cause controversy, it would be by far our most viewed episode, so maybe I should keep it in. <laughs>
0: you know what, James? Surprise me.
1: No, I'm not going to surprise you with something that would ruin any career you could potentially have. Yeah, fair, fair enough. All right. Regardless. Well, you make it big. I expect like a like a PA role or something. All right.
0: Well, then, then, then you keep this on the down
1: low. I will. Uh, I will then just Disney keep it in my never, back pocket, though.
0: Because then I don't think Disney will ever work with me. <laughs> um, but you know who Disney will work with is... Taika Waititi. Oh,
1: look at that. Yeah. Uh, back. We're back, baby. We're, we got, we got transitions. We I got know. Inappropriate things that I have to cut out of the episode. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I was sitting, the last four months, I was just sitting in a room thinking,
0: how can I just dial the podcast up to 11? <laughs> you know, just do all the things that we're, we're, we're known amongst ourselves for doing. And, uh, I just thought, uh, you know, and it, it, you know, just 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 to calm out guns a blazing, um, but not in the church.
1: Oh God, damn it! I'm I f- I can't <laughs> I can't make edits this much and then return to my calm <laughs> intonated voice. I know. I'm sorry. Now we're back to the most mellow podcast. In all of film podcast history, Ike has been let go. <laughs> I replaced him. This is this is Ike.
0: This is <laughs> hi guys. Uh, I've replaced him with Ike, who uh, is here to just agree with everything I say. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm the Ebert now. <laughs> I'm the Ebert now. Uh, got So what what have you been up to these past four months? You got you got engaged, and got you, engaged. you abandoned your podcast. Um, yeah, the, those things actually
0: went hand in hand because um, mm-hmm. I, I proposed. And she's like, all right, I'll accept it on one condition. Fuck James. And not in a, not in a sexual way. More just like, like, fuck uh, that guy. Just like, fuck that guy. And uh, I'm like, okay. And then I'm just like, James, no more podcast. No, no, that didn't
1: happen. Um your got, podcast. Yeah,
0: just got, Say It we, t- turns out that um, uh, planning a wedding – is hard <laughs> time-consuming and uh, uh unfortunately for a bit there uh it was not conducive to uh to a podcast also we had some you know living situation stuff to work out uh and luckily all of this has now been resolved and uh we can now yep. mike is no
1: longer engaged so he doesn't have no to worry about that. about that.
0: oh no we, we we took we took care of her
1: um <laughs> We did not. Just in case anyone's was listening, uh, Kelsey is still alive, as far as I know. I'm in a different city, so. I mean, as
0: far as I know too. I haven't seen her since last night, so. Oh, shit. I mean, anything could have happened. You but, filed uh, a missing persons report. Last time I checked, she was breathing. She was. She was. Uh, you know. She's fine. Okay. So. Yeah. I, I'm sure everything's. Everything's sure fine. Everything's, um. But but now we we're uh, settling down a bit where yep. you know the 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 chaos has uh, has abated and um, we uh, we just got a new place downtown Seattle and uh, yeah it's things are looking good and I uh, uh, told James I'm like hey I'll stop being such a fuck face and uh, actually start seeing movies again
1: yeah and, and me, I've been slowing. Like, uh, I've been slowing down. To be, I'm not slowing down, but I've 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 actually been speeding up. But I've been slacking this year because you know every every year I have a quest to 100 movies to see 100 movies within the calendar year, uh, and then you know more from the previous year. And, and I'm talking about new movies, like new release movies. So and right as of right now, I'm ahead of where I was two years ago, where I still made the goal. So that that helps. But uh, I'm only at 71. And there's like 50 days left, including including this day, 50-ish some odd days, maybe like 51 or something, uh, including today. So that which uh, during which I'll need to see 29 movies. So I'm gonna be busy, mm-hmm. um, seeing movies, you know, hitting up the red box when I can, yeah, uh, of course, and you know, going to the Pickford and the the Barclay and seeing a bunch of great shit. So. Uh, and, and Mike will just pick up the scraps and
0: see I, whatever it, he
1: can. Y- exactly. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, I'm 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 coming back. I, I think we should bring the share back with a disclaimer that not not yours, uh, James, but for me, my top ten list this year is probably going to mean dog shit, unless I actually <laughs> like just spend the next two or three months besides sleeping um and that's it really like yeah. working I, i'd probably have to watch movies while i'm working just catching up on everything i missed um it's probably gonna mean less than our lists in the past um that's just for me because i have been really bad with seeing films these last few months so the good news is i haven't really you haven't, <laughs> you haven't really missed much in terms of the conversations me and james could have been having because <laughs> I that just wasn't really on the table recently. Um, I think the last film I saw before this, and actually the one that I really think we, I really wish we had talked about, and maybe we can uh, work it into a future episode, is Blade Runner. Um, oh
1: yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, it's true. That was that was the last film I saw, and I saw it twice. Um, in part because the first time I saw it uh, was s- uh, the most unique combination of the best. Uh, like environment to see a movie i guess the, the best uh setup to see a movie in terms of like you know just huge imax screen um just in you know great seats immersive experience just wrapped around you uh, and the shittiest audience of all time oh mostly, I bet. mostly teen born teenagers on a friday night and i i just couldn't Reconcile the two, so I had to see it again in a clean environment where no one, where just that kind of of riff raff was going to be.
1: Yeah. So, so so I'll give you I'll give you perspective here. So uh, we're reviewing today Thor Ragnarok. Since Thor Ragnarok, I've seen five movies. Holy shit! Since Blade Runner, I've seen sixteen movies. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Why do I do this? I don't know man. I don't um, know. I don't so know how I do so, it, so look the only the only thing to do about it going forward is to for me to just pick up the pieces and uh, keep keep go uh, unfortunately films are not going to stop being made uh, for me to catch up. So what's to be done? I'm going to see the stuff that came out this year. Like I haven't seen a fucking oh man, so many films I want to see. Ghost story, um I want to see like the uh, new films from uh, Goddamn, forget the director, but the guy who made uh, I Am Love, uh, he has got a new film coming out this year that might have already come and gone. I, I don't know. I'm so out of the loop. I might have. I I, I probably missed so many great uh, independent films already this year, um, and I'm gonna see them. I'm gonna backfill as I can. But films are going to keep coming out. They and are. <laughs> back out more more so than ever because now we're getting into the award season and we got a PTA film coming out and we got fucking Ladybird and like I, I can't keep up. So. No second-
1: I will say too that of those like 16 movies I saw since Blade Runner including Thor Ragnarok, like maybe maybe five of them are really worth talking about. So <laughs> that's the thing. When you, when you see a lot of movies, you just see a lot of mediocre movies and a lot of trash. So Yeah,
0: I mean, how many of them are just belated uh, horror sequels that you seem uh, to... Re- two, Leatherface
1: oh. and Jigsaw. Uh,
0: only one of which I knew was actually existent. Like I, I, I knew about Jigsaw because it seemed like everyone knew about Jigsaw because, I mean, who wasn't excited for that wonderful oh return? Um, but I, I did not even know they were doing a letterface thing, and apparently it was VOD only.
1: It was well, I think it maybe had like a one-day limited theatrical release, but yeah, essentially VOD only. Gotcha. Um, and fucking jigsaw, you know, I wrote a, I wrote this on my uh, letterbox, so you can you can check that out as well as you can follow my my quest to 100 movies. But like. I just I cannot believe it's it's crystallized so much to me how much the series died when they killed off John Kramer. It's like because then we just have to deal with like these stupid like copycat people who might be like working with him the whole time. It's like this is this is Friday the Thirteenth Part Five for mm-hmm. five movies. That's what this is.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> um, actually, man. Is that how you've been keeping track of your films? Is a uh, letterbox? Yeah, you just, definitely. Yeah. Okay, I uh, I do have an account. I should probably
1: yeah, just kind of get on board that. and, and start updating it. Reviews as well. This is my this is my twenty my twenty seventeen list. Because
0: um, because uh, I've started doing uh, I've started doing this for Goodreads. Ironically enough, just like
1: you're reviewing books instead of
0: movies, I'm, 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 I, that's what I've been doing. I've been reading. <laughs> I've been reading, James. Literacy. It's. It's it's a it, it's it's a thing and it might be worth looking into.
1: All right, I got a cat who's purring next nice to Oh, I thought right that now. was
0: I thought that was you snoring. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. I wish I was that funny. I do. Turns out your cat's got a better sense of humor than you do.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I keep track of it via letterbox and I review movies as I am inspired to.
0: <laughs> All right, I got to join in on that. Uh, get get on board. Um, I mean, I am on board, but I just don't use it. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, No, it's a nice way to keep track of it. What, what I would recommend, though, is add. what I do is I add the films to the general you know, list of movies I've seen, but then I also create a list of 2017 movies because Letterbox is a lot like IMDb in that if something had like a, a screening at a film festival in 2016, they're like, It'll oh, it's a 2016, 2016 movie. Got it. And it's not. <laughs>
0: No, right. Like no did not one. have
1: a it did not have a theatrical release in 2016. Nope. No and one In fact, so three. many of those movies that premiere never get picked up.
0: Uh, oh absolutely. So they uh, never
1: actually get a release.
0: No one but I, IMDb calls The Hurt Locker a 20, 2008 movie.
1: Yeah. Um so so Letterbox uh, does the same thing. So that's why I created a, a separate right. list just so it's very clear that hey, these are 2017 movies, fuck what uh, imdb says
0: gotcha yeah uh good good call but uh yeah no i'll get on board with that and hopefully we can we can return to something resembling uh, structure and organization um and yeah maybe, we've been talking maybe, a lot maybe,
1: about our fucking selves right now not a lot, well, a lot about movies so well
0: we're recapping you know this is the movie news this time is
1: depressing and i don't want to talk it's, about it
0: depressing hollywood's hollywood's going through some changes um, some painful and necessary changes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I uh, that uh, and good, it needs to. Um, I have I I have very little to add, other than just saying, God, people are terrible. <laughs> so many more people are terrible than I thought.
1: It's, it's <laughs> everywhere, man. Uh, yeah. So we can we can get into our our big our big movie. Thor Ragnarok. It would probably cool. be a brisk episode, but I'm okay with
0: that. No, it'll be a brisk return episode, but I do want to frame this actually in the context of a, a broader topic. Um, that being, uh, so that we've, we discussed before on the show actually, which is, uh, the, uh, the role of auteur directors in big budget studio productions. Um, and as part of that discussion, I think we're going to pull in one piece of movie news that um, I am happy to have introduced you to, which is that Ryan Johnson is going to be heading a new trilogy for, uh, apparently, uh, for, for Star Wars. Yeah, I still apparently I didn't his- believe
1: you. <laughs> I, I need to look this you know, up. Let's see, Star Wars is getting they- an all-new trilogy from Ryan Johnson. Okay, it's real. All right, never mind. Fuck me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason to bring that up being that You know, we had had so many stories in the past about great directors falling out with studios Um, like uh, probably most prominently Edgar Wright. Um, Obviously, I wouldn't call Josh Trank a great director, but (laughs) that happened. Uh, uh, You know, uh, just examples of what appeared to be studio meddling. Um, that kind of fed into this narrative of, you know, the, the the that I believed, and to a certain extent, you know, will still, you know, and, and still sure happens, but I'm I'm a little bit more ambivalent now, where a studio will basically use a director's personal style uh, only to the extent that it's marketable, and then they'll dispose them
1: like yes, uh, like, <laughs> um, so and even I, even in times when they when they have, you know brought on this indie director and kept him, you know, didn't cut ties with him before, before, uh, production began or during production, you sort of have to like sift through the weeds to find their style. Like, like yeah. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The only time I could tell that's directed by Gareth Edwards is, is the third act. Third act,
0: which is very obvious. Because it's a, and
1: it's, it's very, it's the best part, oddly enough.
0: By, by far. <laughs> um, it, it, seems like probably the reason that the film was, was made, but to, uh, to be fair though, that, could, that this a similar statement could be applied to the middle act, I think, of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, at the same time, though, this film, and we'll we'll get more into this in a bit. This film did do a lot to kind of make it more uh, ambivalent, or at least think that the the issue is a little bit more nuanced than I was giving you credit for initially, because um, I was kind of subscribing to the whole you know studio bad, auteurist director good uh, <laughs> mentality and. It might not be that simple, and uh, so Ooh, okay, anyway,
1: great. so we've got a great primer for this for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um. Oh boy, so, I haven't <laughs> I haven't had to give a synopsis
0: of a film in three four months.
1: I mean, Kate Blanchett is there.
0: Um, yeah. Because uh, and then they Thor's go and
1: and, huh? and
0: then they go and have crazy adventures on Jeff Goldblum's intergalactic sex planet the junk heap of the universe yeah man and then they have to go back and then they have to find their way to get back to to asgard and uh stop kate blanchett from enslaving everyone which she had already done
1: so um uh, <laughs> like that already happened but we gotta stop her
0: we gotta stop it which is literally an exchange at one point like she's she's already done it yes but we, we have to stop her All right, whatever. I'll give you a shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, all right. So pretty, uh, uh, on the surface, pretty standard uh, superhero plot. But as I think everyone who's seen it, well, most people who've seen it will attest, myself included, uh, this is kind of continues Marvel's uh, trend of actually kind of defying its own like the expectations that it set for itself. Um, and, you know, releasing something that feels very unique, even within its own, uh, universe that for a while kind of became notoriously homogenous. Like, you know, every single film kind of feel like it, it has the same plot. It has the same comic beats. It has the same, uh, you know, you know, quirky characters and plot developments and, and, you know, you could almost kind of plot them to a T and it was safe. That was the idea, uh, behind Marvel films up to this point, is that they were, you know, basically sure
1: things, they were safe. They, bets they, they, the they were
0: safe bets. You weren't going to hate them. They were going to do well. You were probably going to forget about them in a week. And in general, it was, fine because disney was going to make a fuck ton of money and uh continue their enormous empire building um i really feel like this year has done a lot to frustrate that notion and i know you weren't a huge fan of guardians 2 but i i think because this is the third marvel film this year right um Uh, yeah disney marvel film um Mm -hmm. and it's funny because I think every single one of them has in some way frustrated expect or you know challenged what people have come to expect from Marvel movies um, and I find that really interesting and I'm wondering first of all if you even agree with that uh, statement
1: I, I definitely do and it's but uh, it's qualified by all because of Taiko ITT. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. But Taika <laughs> Waititi did not direct the other two films. No, no, he didn't. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, well, yeah, I mean, I remember we talked about in Spider-Man Homecoming how it really did frustrate the the plot except for everything they're doing. Sorry, it really did frustrate the formula of Marvel movies except for everything they're doing afterwards. You know, because mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming was about how, oh, maybe – some heroes shouldn't just be maybe the goal is not to get everyone on the Avengers, you know, like someone needs to look out for the little guy. That's what spider Man's yeah. about. And then he's going to be in the next three Avengers films. Uh, of course. And
0: that's right. We mentioned that at the time, because of course the, um, like, I, I can remember at the time we were talking about how, you know, this film does such a good job of basically casting the Avengers as this like metaphor for, the Disney behemoth in the first place. And the whole theme of this movie from both the hero and the villain uh, was looking at the wreckage that they leave behind. Like that was entirely where that film resided. And I thought that was really interesting and totally what Spider-Man's about. And I'm happy that they got that. And it was the first time that I kind of felt Disney really taking, you know, nothing too barbed, but taking swings at itself um, and kind of giving you a different superhero that totally respects what he's supposed to represent, uh, you know, based on his. his it, they know why Spider Man's as popular as he is, um, which is really. Reassuring. Um no no, and then at the time though, we also said that's basically good for this one movie. I don't know how they're not going to seem hypocritical franchising him in all of their future Avengers and probably any other Civil War movies that they come out with. Uh-huh. Like it's like just like
1: it's completely undercut by the future. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as, as far as Guardians two goes, we've had talks discussions about this ad nauseum about, you know, how I don't really feel the same way as most everyone does and as far as like like marvel marvel tropes like the i hate the villain in that movie because it perfectly embodies those
0: so i i i don't like the final confrontation with the villain in that film but would you at least agree that the framing of the villain is at least distinct it makes it more it's more entwined with the main character in the same way that you know the vulture was in Spider-Man Homecoming and you, you know the way that and actually in this film in Thor Ragnarok it's not so much that the villain itself is very herself is very unique but i think the way that they resolve it is really interesting and i that i'd never actually seen in probably any superhero film before, actually, um, so I, I don't know. It, it feels like at every step of the way they're doing something. Yeah,
1: different. I mean, I will say that this is probably the most subversive MCU movie out of the three. Oh, ow, for sure,
0: absolutely.
1: And and I think you could probably look at it as like it was building up to this uh, with those two move with the two movies prior, and then with Thor Ragnarok, it really just knocked it out of the park
0: i uh i i tweeted yesterday right after i got out of the film um yeah i just saw yesterday um but i I said (laughs) thanks to thanks to taika We now have a disney film with led zeppelin um with jeff goldblum as an intergalactic sex freak and at least a dozen instances of the word anus
1: and that's (laughs) awesome And, and it is true
0: and it is i like Yes, Taika Waititi did that, but Disney clearly okayed it. And Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like this represents a willingness to, I guess, depart from what has been safe in the past, at least to a certain degree. I'm not saying it's all happening at once. I'm not saying it's, you know, totally revolutionary. I just think that maybe... I think this year has renewed my interest in Marvel um, at exactly the time that they needed to do that because it's like, I think I was joining everyone else and kind of getting superhero fatigue. Um, and it's funny cause this year I think really demonstrated that I, I think the industry itself realizes that it has barely tapped what a superhero film can be. And I think that started with Logan, which was basically a a revisionist antihero Western with a superhero overlay. Mm-hmm. Um and actually in the trailers before the the twenty five thousand trailers that aired the th- that's before
1: <laughs> Thor Ragnarok started We were there for like a week
0: in the oh my God. trailers. <laughs> that that's really why it took four months to start our podcast again. Um Because every time we'd go see a movie, there'd be, you know, five hours of trailers, and we would only make it halfway through and be like, "I'm done. I can't do this," and then we'd walk out. Um,
1: but but it was in the Inhumans trailer, yeah.
0: It was the being. It was the the New Mutants trailer, oh, uh, New Mutants. which
1: yeah, not Inhumans. <laughs> yeah, no. Um,
0: but with unless the marketing is hugely deceptive, this looks to be possibly the first horror superhero film that i'm aware of um i, I don't want to hear about spawn i don't i don't want to hear about spawn um keep, keep moving keep moving <laughs> um and this is coming on the heels of logan i'm like i i, I still give 20 i, I still kind of put 20th century fox at the vanguard like the the company that really is trying to make their superhero films distinctive in a way that could potentially even damage their box office receipts, um, by like, you know, actually going for an R rating with Deadpool, which obviously paid off for them. Um, you know, they, they, seem to be taking bigger risks than, than Disney, but that just kind of seems to be the general abiding, uh, philosophy is uh, superhero film is not a genre in and of itself. It's like a, it's like a jumping board. It's a board to jump off of spring. Springboard. Oh my god,
1: <laughs>
0: damn it! I was trying to be cool. It's a jumping I, board. <laughs> jumping board, supports you jump off of. It's a uh, we're losers.
1: We're people you stand on the board and then stuff. you you go higher than you were. It's
0: it's not a genre. It's a springboard, and it's it's a I don't know. It's it's almost like a it's a whole new you know. It, it now's like just like a, a playground that you can build. It, it, it's a sandbox. You can build whatever you want. Well, I, it, I, I, I'm out of metaphors. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> my my real hope with this though is that it's not a blip. You know, it's like it needs. Yeah. It actually needs to be a trendsetter because, you know, I'm just I'm still preparing for the next Avengers film to just be business as usual, and that's gonna that'd be a real, a real shame coming off a movie like Thor Ragnarok where the director's style is so. Ingrained, You know, he doesn't have a screenwriting credit on the movie, but he I, it is reported that he basically wrote all the humor for it, so I don't really know how oh, he yeah. doesn't. but You can tell, too. Like, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's his style completely. For those of you who don't know, um, Hitaka Waititi did What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, there are two uh, indie films that have gotten uh, quite the following. Hunt for the Wilder People was one of our favorites for last year. I think it almost made our top tens individually.
0: Yeah, um, in retrospect, I I almost wonder if it should have. Um,
1: I'll have to look at my top ten again. Yeah, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I loved it, and kind of only grow more fond of it the more I the the more I think about it. Um, And
1: his humor though was just it's unmistakable, and that's really where you could tell his he his you could see his hand in this movie the most. So you know he's never worked he, he liked to joke i guess that you know every every week uh filming or maybe even every day filming on thor ragnarok he spent the combined budget of his previous two movies <laughs> yeah and uh, so he's never worked with this with this um this much in the way of means before but
0: uh yeah and it's the first time that you get a sense that it's just literally the same artist given all the resources he could possibly want. Um, while of course needing to fit his film into a broader franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of astounding how, how distinct the humor, uh, the, the comedy in this film is because I really feel like Joss Whedon has cast a long shadow over the Marvel universe. Um, where almost every single comic beat seems at least partly like the Avengers was more than just like you know the big thing to cement like yeah yeah this is a multi-franchise behemoth and it's going to keep going it also kind of established every single comic beat that <laughs> that <laughs> every film would follow like for example um, undercutting what's supposed to be a super epic moment by either a, fu- you know, funny line of dialogue or just getting your ass kicked. Um, you know, just kind of, like, subverting these, like, masculine uh, moments with the, slapstick dr- and...
1: Dramatic moments. So the, the Ant-Man yeah. humor. Basically, yes. Um, I, I mean, I, and I also, going back to my criticism of Ant-Man, for just a second, I still oh. lament that... The, they have two sources of humor in that movie. One of them is Paul Rudd is is not serious at times at serious times. Uh-huh. Two is Michael Peña is Mexican. And oh, seriously, God. if you if you play a drinking game where you take a shot every time they make a joke that's not based out of those things, I guarantee you walk out of that movie stone cold sober.
0: I guarantee you James could play that drinking game. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and uh, besides the Michael Pena stuff, um, all of the jokes could have come out of, jo- of a Josh Whedon film. Yeah, exactly. and, and he's been and he's been doing that shtick for years. It, it, it was in a lot of his TV shows, in Firefly and uh, in Buffy. Um, it's not new, and it was maybe new for a for a big budget superhero film at the time, and that's kind of what made Avengers stand out and what made it so funny. But, man, seeing it again and again, you kind of become more keen to the formula. And it was really refreshing to um, – oh, hey, Hunt for the World of People was in my top ten. Oh, nice. It was number ten. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm the terrible person. Yeah, you suck. Yeah, you suck. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't, know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so I guess uh, – yeah, just – I am happy that I, I we kind of seem
1: to be moving out of that. And especially too, because when it, you talk about the humor in movies like like the Avengers, I feel like a lot of it is actually really jarring. It,
0: yeah.
1: It, it's not as well interwoven as a lot of people would like you to believe. So you watch it and there's really serious shit happening, and then they make a joke and you're kind of like, ooh. <laughs>
0: He's playing Galaga.
1: Oh, I, I know what that is. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah,
0: Galaga, that's not a thing you're supposed to be playing on a government computer. Ha. Huh. Um, And yeah, yeah, with with I feel like Taika Waititi's entire sense of humor is born out of an unconventional awkwardness that you just don't get in the Avengers it. actually to me that humanized the character of Thor in a way that I had never seen him humanized before. Like even, even, even with Joss Whedon as funniest, his characters are just quippy. Um, that's, that's the whole thing. They're just, they're quick on their feet. They are, um, they're funny. They're irreverent. Um, with Taco YTT they're like, they're, they're, fallible people they're like just they're 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 awkward they're they're clumsy they don't really know they don't really know what's going on around them and that in a way kind of made this universe more palatable to me and it's so funny going from Kenneth Branagh's overly I mean actually though looking at pre-Avengers Marvel films is even more jarring because you look at the original Thor directed by Kenneth Branagh oh yeah and it is so straight-faced. Yeah, it actually also applies to the 2008 Incredible Hulk 2, though. Like, there's no – there's no humanity in that one either. And, like, there's – No. I don't know. those. T- they just seem like – at that point you – know,
1: It just occurred to me that I don't remember Dick about the first Thor movie.
0: Yeah, that's because there's nothing <laughs> worth remembering. But the, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just remember the, the – series, like, there was this idea that the what we were experiencing was so weird that we wouldn't be able to take it seriously unless it was completely straight-faced. And that's kind of one thing I really love about this kind of new brand of superhero films. That they're realizing, look, it, it, it's kind of got the same it's got the same mentality as an actual comic book now where it's like, look, you've been so a nerd with these stories and these myths. And even if you haven't seen the last couple Marvel films, you know, you can kind of just come into the story and we can expect you're going to just take certain things for what they're worth. You're not going to question it too much. Um, And that helps in a couple ways. It helps make your characters more vivid. You could, you can focus more on, kind of giving them dimensions instead of just introducing your world. You can um, actually uh, focus on a film in and of itself without needing to connect it into the grand scheme of a larger of a larger universe, which has been my complaint with a lot of Marvel films in the past because I don't keep up with every single one of them. Um, and even less so do I remember every single plot point from them. So it kind of becomes challenging for them to stand on their own without becoming intermeshed in a grander universe. Um, and I think with Thor Ragnarok and a couple of the recent Marvel films, you kind of get a sense of kind of what Star Wars was trying to go for in the first place, where you might not have seen every installment in this serial. Um, you might be coming in in the middle of a story, but you can still kind of fill in the blanks and uh, you, you've seen enough of this, uh, this type of story. You know what the rules generally are. Um, just just take what comes at you without needing to overanalyze the logistics. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it seems like they have a better sense of what really matters is, is basically what I'm getting at. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what Thor Ragnarok really represents to me and why I think I enjoyed it so much and why it's interesting. It's just so interesting comparing that to... The uh, original Thor that came out what like almost a decade ago. With this, yeah, movie? I'm like, it feels like not, it's been forever. Not quite that long, but yeah, it's been it's been <laughs> a, a good a hand- long times. It, it was a very different environment for superhero films back there. Um, but, uh, so yeah,
1: I don't know. It's, I will say one yeah. thing about this movie that i didn't yeah i didn't like i'll just say i didn't like is that it's just it's continuing the unbelievable power creep happening the mcu right now oh my god it is like after dr strange we lamented about how in the last you know big avengers movie we already had god (laughs) you know vision Um, literally god literally literally god uh, as one of the superheroes, and with Scarlet Witch, and if you notice, in like Civil War, they just sort of like fucked off during the big fight scene; like they didn't really do much uh, because if they could, they could have like stopped everybody in their tracks. Um, and, and then in Doctor Strange, we got a mystical, trans-dimensional, time traveling wizard. Okay, uh, and now in Thor Ragnarok, we got a villain who effortless, effortlessly. Broke Thor's hammer, yep. and then requiring Thor to become like you know, Almighty Thunder
0: God Thor to, to, to realize that he never needed the hammer. The entire the power of all the elements of thunder was always at his disposal, uh-huh. and he could just kill anyone uh-huh. by directing
1: lightning at them. Yep. Like. <laughs> yeah. What, are no, you? It's, I don't it's, mean- absurd Spider- spider-man hanging up man <laughs> like
0: yeah that's yeah actually that, that is what i found so refreshing about spider-man is that it was the most it, i guess it was the most humble that a superhero yeah. had been in a long time um and there is a i don't read cracked very much but i did see an article recently about how you know back in the day in the incredible hulk tv show uh apparently they killed him off At the end of the show, um, or at least at one point, I I don't remember, but it would have it would have barely grazed the original Hulk. (laughs) Sorry, it would have barely grazed the uh, Mark Ruffalo Hulk in the MCU, and like with the with the conviction being that Marvel needs to stop this and actually have death on the table again. Like,
1: yeah, that would
0: be that would be pretty cool. Because what stakes are you really dealing with when you're not? in any danger whatsoever. Um, I will say while they're while there's no signs that they're doing this with their heroes, I do appreciate that Thor Ragnarok does seem to be pretty keen to avoid the,
1: the villain escapes at the end.
0: Well, the villain escapes at the end and the um, complete disregard for civilians.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's true. Um, I that really actually- like that
0: part. Um, and I was actually looking toward the end about how, of how many wide shots there were of like just wide sweeping uh, panoramas of like, you know, things blowing up and whatnot. There were actually very few. A lot of it was on the ground focused on people escaping. You, you saw individual faces and it's a small thing, but that actually did mean a lot to me, especially because e- even in this film, <laughs> it was had kind of this jarring callback to a, uh, to the second Avengers film, which is amazing how far back in the past that seems now. Um, and <laughs> Mark Ruffles like, "What happened with Sokovia, which is the city that they were saving, quote unquote." I put that in quotes because the city was basically dropped from 200 feet in the air, and somehow did it kill everyone? I don't even remember. I, it sounds I, like that would kill everyone. <laughs> it sounds like that would kill everyone, and I honestly don't remember what happened to the people. Um, and everyone was like that. What? Because the movie so, at the time gave two shits about them. These are our heroes. I, yeah. And and Mark Ruff was like, what happened with that? And he's just like, oh, it's. I was just like, bro, that was like two years ago. Like that was that was forever ago. I don't even I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like almost this like tongue in cheek, uh, way to address that point that yeah, wow, the old films didn't really give a shit about civilians. Here we're actually going to give a shit about civilians. <laughs> um, we're gonna, you know, um, I don't know. It's it seemed to at least address those elements of, uh, you know, where the 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 Marvel films are becoming so about these ultra powered super gods that it forgot about the people that they were originally supposed to be and originally supposed to uh, save and protect. Yeah, and
1: one of the one of the main plot devices in plot points in uh, thor ragnarok is that they have to transfer the civilians of asgard to safety like they actually fucking gave a shit about them yeah I mean, that's, that's huge you know they're not red shirts anymore who were just like oh we have to imagine the destruction and realize how horrible it is you know it's like we know these people
0: i i actually had to do an about face of a criticism because you know they had this whole bit uh, probably about two thirds of the way through the film where Anthony Hopkins, you know, his, his spirit is giving Thor this lecture about how Asgard is not a place. Um, it's a people. It's a people. And then they go back to Asgard and it's all about saving the city, saving the, and I'm like, well, what the fuck was all that then? And then they actually <laughs> reincorporated that and uh, had one of the more interesting resolutions that I've ever seen where, to a certain degree, destruction was unavoidable. Um, And you almost had to use that that the heroes basically resolved to save the day by not saving it. And it was so... I just had never seen that in a superhero film before. And I don't... That probably spoils too much. I don't want to get into exactly what happens. But um, yeah, just a unique way to resolve a superhero film. And I, I don't know... How you felt about it, I was actually pretty impressed. I I wasn't expecting them to go that route, and I feel like that in and of itself is a pretty bold risk. Um, And I even got a pretty good laugh out of it with Hulk that I (laughs) really don't want to spoil. But (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah, no, it's... uh, I, I don't know. I feel like in terms of standing apart... Marvel's been doing a great job lately, and I do not think Thor Ragnarok's going to disappear into the MCU the way even films I've really enjoyed. Like, uh, even Civil War kind of, to a certain extent, has.
1: I, don't, I still love Civil War, and I don't know that it's, like, disappeared to uh, me, it's, anyway. it's, it's just that it, it kind
0: of... You know, you're so... It's so cool when you see it. And then kind of towards the end, I, re- I pick out key moments, but I'm not really sure on its own it stands apart as well as something like Thor Ragnarok or uh, even for me, Guardians 2. Um, I- I'm just not sure, but... Oh, sorry, don't throw up.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> I just I wanted a sister. <laughs> you just, she just
0: wanted to win. Uh, sister.
1: I've never done anything good in this world.
0: You know what? You are you are missing the forest for the trees, my friend.
1: Oh, this is so ugly fucking trees, though. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, touche. No, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Civil War a lot still. I mean, it's... It wasn't... It didn't have, like, the humor, but it had the actual emotion of it, and it subverted the, like, terrible villain the terrible villain trope it was clearly like setting up for which was really refreshing it's like oh my god there's gonna be like 50 winter soldiers yeah and then they're like
0: no it's like, fuck oh, that oh no,
1: it's just i want you to destroy each other and you're right, going it's, to
0: it's a very personal conflict that you're dealing with here um and it
1: was the first Marvel movie to address that rampant red shirt destruction of the previous, that's previous true movies. To, that's true too.
0: It also arguably has some of the best action of any any Marvel. Holy shit, it's really well directed. Um, uh, but oh, uh, speaking of that though, um, just action and how things are filmed. Is it just me or is Thor Ragnarok one of the best looking superhero films I've ever it's seen? It's so
1: beautiful. I, yeah. I
0: was honestly I loved
1: bl- looking at the devil's anus. I'll say that.
0: Oh God! Well, and it's funny because the devil's anus, which is is a plot point. Um, <laughs> I, it, it was so funny because even that seemed like a very subtle wink at like the big port, like the big energy beam in the sky that in so many superhero oh, films yeah, right? has has factored as the climactic uh thing that's going to destroy everyone um in this case it's just it's just a little uh, it's just a portal that they use um there, it's
1: there not a, a fan it, stick did that
0: right fan did it um what was before that i think uh fucking
1: well the original avengers of course original yeah. avengers
0: set it up but there were actually there were a couple though and it kept recurring again and again
1: oh, well, um, suicide squad did the beam from the sky that right? was it that was suicide squad
0: yeah um not Marvel, but still. No, but any superhero. Fo- yeah, that just became a, a staple. And it was really annoying. And people were getting incredibly sick of it. Um, and it's funny because, yeah, this just seemed like a very good, <laughs> effective a, you know, a effective way to uh, kind of pay a little bit of – give it a little bit of the ribbing it deserves um, by literally calling it the Devil's <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah no it was and it wasn't a big destruction beam no um even like my god the the trash dump city that they spend like the good chunk of the 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 second act in and that's basically the whole second act and i've actually heard some criticism that the entire film basically just seems like a setup for uh uh for this trash for for this trash heap of the universe
1: Um, okay like a (laughs) spin-off i'm fine with that I would watch a, it if it has Jeff Goldblum in it.
0: This was a really awesome. Oh my god, we haven't even spoke. We haven't even talked about Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he is awesome. As awesome as I mean, what is there to say? You know Jeff Goldblum. He is his, his Jeff Goldblumiest. <laughs> it's yeah.
1: Bloomiest. Okay.
0: One of one of the highlights of the film. Um, yeah. No. He. I was like, fine. If if it's just a pre a, a pretense for this kind of trashy of the, of the universe, honestly, I'm more interested in that than seeing the brand new sleek Avengers headquarters. Oh in yeah, for
1: moving upstate. Like I don't know.
0: I'm I'm kind of just becoming more invested in these like one off side stories in this grand epic, you know. Multi franchise story that they're telling.
1: Yeah, I mean it's sort of the same, the same uh, thing, the same point that we really loved about um, Star Trek Beyond, you know. Yeah, and yeah. then it kind of like abandoned the the epic formula that it was going for, and it just went right. to like a in, intimate one off story. It felt know? like a long, expensive episode of a sh- of the TV show. Yeah, and this and, feels like a long, expensive episode of Thor does crazy shit, you know. Yeah, it does, and Asgard today.
0: I don't know, because it's character focused in a way that I think gets lost in a lot of the bigger films. And that's especially gotten lost with the spectacle of the previous two Thor films. Um, you know, there, there's just I, it's it's crazy. I wasn't expecting that the thing that Thor needed was a was it was an infusion of Rick and Morty. But uh turns <laughs> out, turns out it did. Here we go. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was genuinely beautiful to look at. I was actually kind of afraid from the uh, the colors used on the poster <laughs> and uh, some of the footage in the trailer. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, just kind of the CGI, like, just orgy, basically. No, no, I, I was definitely <laughs> um, worried about that. And I was just constantly looking. I'm like, oh, wow, real sets, real sets. Um, obviously, there's a lot of... There's a fair share of CG in it, but the way it's employed is I think a lot more tactful and it doesn't quite numb my eyes the way so many other Marvel films do. Um, So there's even some really cool shots and, and uh, that even go to the point sometimes of being a little bit too much. And I'm, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll know what I'm talking about. Like there's one where uh, Loki and um, Tessa Thompson's character who. Man, I literally pulled up a a cast list (laughs) so I could remember names because I'm so bad with them. It's uh, uh, at least I remember the actress because she's great.
1: Yeah, Um, Valkyrie.
0: Valkyrie. Well, she's a Valkyrie. I think
1: I think they actually just called her Valkyrie.
0: Really? Oh, Uh. okay. Well, Valkyrie, let's call her for the sake of that, Tessa Thompson's character, and Loki are uh, walking in step up to Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster, and uh, it starts with just like kind of the shot of them walking parallel to each other, and then it, the camera pans down into the reflection and turns, and you actually see them approaching. You only see jeff goldblum's reflection in the floor but it ends up becoming essentially the same shot just shot through the reflection on the floor um it's kind of hard to describe but it, it looked re- it was really cool technically even if it was a little bit just show-offy yeah do you remember that shot at all no i
1: know i know what you're saying
0: yeah um and there was another one too uh with which i actually thought was awesome where you have Thor sitting on the throne in Asgard, and uh, his sister uh, uh,
1: walking up approaching,
0: yeah. and you just kind of see the horns. Uh, you see, you only see her in silhouette, and and Thor is way down in the in the hallway, so you barely see him. And then her horns just kind of retract, um, but you only see that the shadow of it, and it just looked awesome. Like just stuff like that is legitimately good cinematography that I don't normally see in a. In a in Marvel films.
1: I don't know what else. I really have to say about Thor. It was it was awesome. I liked yeah. that Taika Waititi was, you know, you could actually tell it was directed by him. I hated the power creep, which will really only become a problem once they start getting these characters together again, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's going to happen. So, you
0: know, it's going it to be fine. a problem.
1: It was fine for this, but yeah, no, it's going to be a problem. My
0: guess, they'll probably just spontaneously depower some of them. Like without oh. even explaining it, they'll just be weaker. Um Oh, yes. <laughs> that's that's probably what'll happen. It'll just be a subtle power drain that, you know, if you're not paying attention, you won't notice and that'll keep the stakes higher. Um, but for fuck's sake, they need, to, they need to have death on the table. I'm just saying, they need to have important characters be able to die.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, it's going to start to happen. It is. Because some... these contracts are running out and these actors oh, yeah. want to do other things. namely, oh, yeah. Namely, uh... Um, Robert Downey Jr., you know? What if – right, exactly. What
0: if they killed off – in Infinity War, they killed off a good chunk, if not all, of the original Avengers, and the people you're left with are like Black Panther, Falcon, um, Ant-Man, like all the B characters Mm -hmm. who you didn't know in the first place, and you kind of get this like – I don't know, uh, acquainted with a whole new generation of superheroes because, even, like, you know, we don't know them very well. Um, obviously, Black Panther's is going to get his own movie, which looks awesome, um, directed by Ryan Coogler, which I'm really excited about. Yep. Um, and but like, you know, Falcon, we basically got introduced to in in Captain America Two, right? And he's just kind of been a side character. Like, I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting to. And very bold for them to actually do that to characters who are beloved and uh, kind of starting on this whole new generation of Avengers. And that's kind of the one advantage of, you know, actually having this enormous universe is that you can cut off dead, dead branches on this tree. And <laughs> it'll still keep growing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if uh, they would actually have the gumption to do that, but... That'd be really cool if they did.
1: And and if you think this new iteration of, of talking to in the movie is going to be, you know, blockbuster schlock, just wait until next week when we hope uh, get to review Sean Baker's The Florida Project. Sean Baker, if you don't remember, was the director of uh, the, one of the surprises of a few years ago, Tangerine, that both made our, our top ten list actually at the number ten spot. Yeah, number ten, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, feel that cold shiver running down your spine. (laughs) Willem Dafoe's in it.
1: Yeah, I was like, will you give Willem Dafoe a break (laughs) from that line? (laughs) No, I love it. Uh, Man. Uh, But, hey, and it's also, it's going to get, like, way more exciting with these, with these, with flicks like that, too, because we're getting into prestige season.
0: These are coming back before then, um, and we will get a chance, James, to talk about potentially the final DDL Paul Thomas Anderson film. I know. Um, it's, it's funny
1: how the best sh- actor race is already over, right? Oh, it's done. It's over. <laughs> who, who else? No, get out of here. It's going to be day day Lewis. It's his last movie. He's going to win his fourth best actor which is going to be Uh, uh,
0: the winner of best actor this year is Daniel day Lewis. I I wasn't even in a film. No, but you fought it on camera once and it was on YouTube and it was phenomenal. (laughs) You, you maintained character the whole time. (laughs) One of the, one of the few. Okay. fine. I'm going to stop being a snob. There's a lot of family guy jokes. I like one of them, which I hope I haven't already mentioned on the show, but who could remember? Uh, (laughs) Is when (laughs) it's like uh, we now return to Brian Cranston sneezing, and it's just live action Brian. It's actually him, and he's just, and then a hand comes off screen and hands him an Emmy. He's just like, (laughs) "Thank you,
1: you. I worked so hard for
0: this." (laughs) It's accurate. No, he did. It's it's accurate also in the sense that he totally deserved it. It was a great sneeze. I totally believed he needed to sneeze.
1: All right, so I think that'll be that'll be our show. Um, yeah, pretty. And, and was it a great one this week? It was. <laughs> fuck, I forgot about that. It was a great show this week, and hopefully, it's gonna be a Sean Bakerfield Florida Project show next week. And uh, you can find me at Jam Cozy, or you know, just James Cozy the News on Letterbox. You could follow my quest to 100 movies. Uh, Mike, where can they find you?
0: And they can find me on Twitter at uh, Michael Leiden eight nine two, and. Uh, soon on letterbox again although i need to log back in to remember what any of my information
1: is <laughs> yeah it's yeah i mean i'll, I'll see that it's, too. It's, it's probably director Leiden something or other i think you're one of the people i'm following but you're not following me so <laughs> oh it's just i hate you oh okay that, see, I, was, see, yeah.
0: I, I see where the mix up came in there but yeah no it's don't worry it's just because you're trash
1: Okay, good, good. That makes sense. Yeah. I actually filled out the, the favorite film section as much as it pains me. Um,
0: oh, actually, I should do that too. Because it, you know what though? At least it's not asking you to rank them.
1: Or it's you can- and it's only, it is not. But I was really disappointed when I found out I can only pick four. Wait, is that true? Yeah, you can only pick the four because the four is just what shows up on your on oh, your, the front page of your profile. Oh, ouch. Okay. And I, I'm constantly, Hot. like, thinking, oh, I, I, I should have changed something. It should have been something else. I don't know. Well,
0: <laughs> like you see, James, on Goodreads, you can add as many books as you like.
1: So you, your username, this will probably help you add Letterboxd, is director underscore Leiden. There you go. All right. Yeah.
0: That's, my, that's my username. And I'm actually going to start using it again because I think the last thing I did on Letterboxd was to make my top ten list. <laughs>
1: Um, I of, don't see so, that of twenty sixteen. Oh, oh yeah, no, I do. I do yeah, see that. And then you also you also reviewed Logan. Did so I that write- was actually after. Okay. Did I write anything? Uh yeah, you wrote like a paragraph and you rated it, which I'm uh, upset about, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I am too. Do I not have to rate them? You don't have to rate them. Yeah. Okay, I might get rid of that because <laughs> I don't. Because the thing is, when I started using it, uh, it kept asking me to rate films, and I'm like okay like i enjoyed that for what it was it was like things like guardians and and of the galaxy and stuff and then every the farther i went the more i kept having to like go back and reflect on the star ratings i already gave (laughs) well i can't give this a four and this a five like that just doesn't that's not a better movie than that i i hate hate star ratings i really
1: it doesn't everybody they should everyone should hate them. they should i hate them like
0: I hate them in principle, but it's even worse when you have to actually administer them and then you realize where you're being hypocritical. Yeah. And it's it, uh, no, no, fuck that noise. I don't like that. Um, although the writing bit is good, and I, I, I like that because that's actually kind of gets you to think about a film and engage with it um, in a way that star ratings don't. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's a new adventure. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll work on uh, revamping our site soon as well. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Well, uh, good to be back.
1: Yeah, we'll try to keep it going because uh, this is fun and we like talking about shit we love. So yeah, uh, hopefully you keep listening because we're going to keep recording.
0: Yes, yes, we are. All right, everyone, until next week, hopefully, uh, take care and keep watching movies. We're going to work on a new exit thing, too.
1: Good night, everyone.